Jacob wrestles with a stranger he comes to recognize as God. He is told that he now will be called Israel, which means the one who strives with God. A reading from the book of Genesis. Jacob took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the fort of, Jab of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose up upon him, and he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Paul struggles to understand why Israel has rejected Jesus, but reaffirms that the people of the Old Covenant are the source of the law and even the Messiah himself. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. After last week's sermon, I got a lot of comments. I think I must have been letting my passions show a little bit. Um, but thank you all for, for your comments. Um, I talked a bit about sort of the, 
what was emerging at Lambeth Conference and, and uh, the fear that we all have that relationships will be, will be lost in, in the outcome of this. This past week, um, the Windsor Continuation Group, don't you love the name? Um, particularly because there's not a single person on it who was on the first Windsor group, so it's hardly a continuing group, but nevertheless. The Windsor Continuation Group issued its um, proposal for going forward. Um, they take a rather pessimistic view of the Anglican Communion and say that no one is behaving very well, um, not particularly helpful, I don't think. And they go on to insist again upon the three uh, moratoria that the Windsor Report insisted on. Um, a moratoria on cross-provincial interventions, can't ordain bishops to send them to somebody else's church. Um, moratoria, a moratorium on consecrating gay or lesbian persons as bishop, and a moratorium on um, blessing same-sex unions. Now you know, that in the next 10 years, between now and the next Lambeth Conference, there will be bishops elected who are gay and lesbian and in relationships. And then what are we supposed to do? Are the bishops and standing committees supposed to refuse those consecrations? You also know that there will be gays and lesbians who will approach their parish pastors and ask to have their relationships blessed. What are we supposed to do? Nothing. And you know that cross-provincial interventions will continue to happen, and so it is. Our Old Testament reading this morning is Jacob wrestling by the side of the Jabbok. It's always been one of my favorite stories of the Old Testament. Um, you don't come away from an encounter with God unmarked. Jacob limps the rest of his life having encountered God beside the stream. But until this year, until we've been reading the whole of this story in the Revised Common Lectionary, I've not been paying attention before to the context in which Jacob is doing his wrestling. Last week we heard the story of him leaving um, with Rachel and Leah. And by the way, if you ask yourself about the biblical standard of marriage, does that count? Um, Jacob marrying both Rachel and Leah? Good question. But at any rate, he's leaving... And he's tricked Laban. Laban follows him. They have a meal and agree we won't cross boundaries. They set up a stone to be a witness between them and God. I won't cross it this way. You don't cross it that way. So he's cut off from his past. He's going back to Seir where Esau lives. He's heard that Esau is coming out to meet him with 400 men. Don't put together 400 men in the wilderness unless you intend some kind of violence. So he is striking. He has divided up his belongings into three camps, sent them ahead, three drovers. The first one is several hundred sheep. The next one is several um, tens of donkeys. And the last one is some camels. And he has told the drovers as they encounter Esau. And Esau asks, whose are these? They are to say they are a gift from your servant Jacob to my master Esau. Um, he's trying to buy Esau off with all of these gifts that come forward. Then he's divided his wives and his maids into three different groups, thinking, well, if Esau comes upon one and destroys it, well, at least another one will get away. And then, at night, he sends them across the river, 
it's not clear whether he stays on this side or goes across with them, and begins to wrestle with an unnamed adversary. I'm sure you've passed nights like that, where you've wrestled with yourself and think, why did I do that? Or what am I going to do now with your conscience at three in the morning? He's cut off from the past. He's heading into a future. Um, 21 years ago, Esau wanted to kill him when he left. And now Esau is coming with 400 men. And he wrestles. He wakes up in the morning. His trickery has come home to roost. I think Jacob finally grows up. He realizes that his actions have consequences. And this is what it's going to be about. Wrestling beside the river, getting ready to cross a boundary from which there is no going back. Our gospel reading is similar in a way. Um, You've heard me say before that the feeding in the wilderness stories are always linked with the crossing of the sea. Several chapters earlier, Jesus and his disciples are in a boat in a storm at sea, and the disciples say, don't you care that we're drowning? He's asleep in the back of the boat. He wakes up and calms the storm. And then they end up in a graveyard, and a man with a legion of demons is there. And Jesus casts out the legion of demons into a herd of pigs who plunge over the cliff into the sea, destroying the Roman army just like Pharaoh destroyed, or just like Moses destroyed Pharaoh. Then he heals the young girl who has died and the woman with the flow of blood. Now he's gathering this new community in the wilderness, feeding them with manna on the wilderness way. And just in case we might miss the connection, when he raises the young girl, he says to the crowd around her, Give her something to eat. Word for word is instruction to the disciples today. Give them something to eat. This is the crowd that's been gathered, the new crowd in the wilderness, even the new manna from heaven. Gathering up all of those people who have nowhere else to eat. That's us. We gather up all of those people who grew up with crazy families and don't fit anywhere else. The alcoholics, the gays and the lesbians, all of the folks who feel like they don't belong anywhere else. This is the table where they can come. So where do we go from here? We're like Jacob. We can't go back. We cut ourselves off from that. Don't know for sure what lies ahead, what will happen when we need to solve. Go back, don't know what is for. I wish I knew what would come in what follows the land. Our bishop has asked us to come and meet with him. I'm sure he is in the same situation. Where can we go from here? We're facing a terrible decision. There is no good outcome. If we decide to abide by the wings of oratoria, there is division here. If we decide to go forward, there is division in the negative community. What do we do? We're wrestling in the dark with God, just like Jacob decides to scream. We probably have no more insight than he did, wondering what's going to happen. But God says to him when he's done wrestling, you have encountered, you have wrestled with human beings and divine beings. And you did. You may not like where we're going. You may not like the outcome. You may not wish 
grasses with divine and human beings and with one thing is for sure. Wherever we go from here, however we go forward, we're not going forward without a land. Jacob encounters God, the ship is put out of joint. It's not pleasant. We have to make some decisions and it's going to cost us. But we encounter divine beings, divine beings and human beings and we are alive. That limb is our mark of the encounter with God.